This episode is sponsored by the Learn Jazz Standards Inner Circle. If your goal is to level up your jazz playing this year and feel confident improvising over jazz standards, the Inner Circle has everything you need and more. With monthly jazz standard studies, a library of powerful courses, and a vibrant community of like-minded musicians, you're guaranteed to improve your playing every single month. Podcast listeners can get 50% off their first month when you go to ljsinnercircle.com. That's ljsinnercircle.com or find the link in the show notes. Now, on to today's episode. All right, all right. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the show. My name is Brent, you're listening to the LJS Podcast, episode number 11, and today we're going to be talking about four ingredients for becoming a better jazz musician. Man, we are killing it on this show. Uh, Last week we had internationally renowned uh, jazz guitarist from Los Angeles, Bruce Foreman. Man, if you haven't checked out that episode, that's the last episode, episode number 10, uh, you got to go check that out. That was such a great conversation with Bruce. We talked about all sorts of things, uh, you know, jazz then and jazz now, um, you know, some tips about uh, practicing. I mean, a lot of stuff. It, it was a great conversation. Uh, you know, very lucky to be able to have him on the show. Check out that episode if you haven't. Um, and I don't want to give away anything right now, any names or anything, but um, I, I, I'm just going to let you know. We have some other pretty big guests in store for this show uh we have had a lot of guests so far but you know we're starting to like edge into that realm of you know i guess you could call them jazz celebrities <laughs> uh so stay tuned stay tuned to listening to the show there's a lot of exciting things uh coming up um but you know today i'm just riding solo uh you know i'm gonna we're gonna take a little break from having some guests i'm just gonna ride solo today before we get started, I just want to say all of the music on the show today is by Camden Hughes, actually the founder of this website, the founder of LearnJazzStandards.com, and this is off of his uh, his, his latest album, Introspective. So if you like the music, you want to check it out, maybe you want to buy the album, go to his website, CamdenHughes.com slash store. And that's where you can find that album. Uh, great album. Um, so go check that out. And one other thing before we get started. If you get some value in today's show, consider adding value back. Uh, this show is 100% funded by listeners like you. It's how we produce this podcast. So if you get some value out of today... Uh, there's a support button below the player if you're on the website. Uh, if you're not on the website, you can go to learnjazzstandards.com slash support. You can leave us a one-time donation or a monthly donation to help support the future podcast episodes of this show. Uh, we really greatly appreciate your support. All right, now today's episode is four ingredients to becoming a better jazz musician. And, and these are really things that for me have kind of defined my jazz journey and how I've come to become a better jazz player and continue to become a better jazz player. Um, and so I really wanted to share these with you today because I really believe that these are incredibly important um, to becoming a better jazz musician and reaching your musical goals. 
And, and, and some of these might be obvious. Some of them might not be obvious to you. And regardless, I, I think they're all incredibly important. So uh, I'm kind of sharing my experience with you and, and a lot of my peers' experience and what a lot of my mentors and teachers have shared with me as well. So um, I think you're going to get some value out of this today. Um, let's go ahead and dive in. <laughs> So the first ingredient for becoming a better jazz musician is one that might seem a little obvious to you, but it's one that I think is incredibly important. In fact, it's kind of like if you don't have this, everything else is probably not going to work out so well for you in your jazz playing. So uh, the first one is you have to have passion. You have to have passion for listening to jazz, for playing jazz. You have to have this inner passion, this inner desire to improve, this inner desire to to just enjoy listening to the music. You have to be a jazz geek, okay? <laughs> uh, I, I, I call it, a, a, you know, you have to be a geek because jazz is like, it's not necessarily the in thing, you know? It's not like pop culture music. Um, you know, in, in the last podcast, I was talking to Bruce Foreman, and he was talking about how a lot of, uh, you know, jazz students have this kind of illusion that, you know, we were talking about the Village Vanguard uh, in here in New York City, where I live, and, you know, how you're listening to, you know, that famous Bill Evans trio recording, um, and, and you're picturing your head, a huge room full of people. But, but no, I mean, the, the reality is, is, there probably wasn't that many people actually in the room for that recording session. Um, you know, the, the Village Vanguard's not even that big. So, you know, you, you we sometimes think that the, these these players are so grand and these situations are so grand. Bruce was talking about going to see Art Blakey in San Francisco, uh, you know, when he was younger. And how sometimes there wouldn't even be that many people in the crowd. Um, and, and the thing is, you need to have passion about jazz because you just have to be a fan, not because it's the in thing or it's the cool thing or because it's popular music, because it's not necessarily any of those things in society. It's an awesome music. It's a great music, and I love it. I hope you love it, but it's not necessarily something where it's you know easy to be a jazz musician or it's the most popular thing so you have to be a jazz geek you got to love jazz you got to just love to listen to it um <laughs> i know a lot of my friends who weren't into jazz uh when i was you know younger and i was just really listening to jazz they would they'd all be really confused like man why are you sitting in your practice room for hours why don't you come go hang out with us you know like I'm like, no, man, I really need to practice today. I need to work on this stuff. Um, you know, I'd, I'd want to turn on some jazz in the car, and everybody's like, what are you listening to? Um, and, and that's fine. Everybody has their preferences. But I love jazz. You know, it, it just, I like jazz. I love improvisation. Um, I like the history of the music. I like the style. Uh, I like the swing. Um, I like jazz now. I like the evolution of jazz. I, I just like jazz, and and I'm a I'm a, I'm a big jazz geek. I'm a big nerd, and I'm passionate about jazz. That's why I'm talking about jazz on a podcast. Like who else does this? Who else spends their their time, you know, recording a podcast just talking about jazz? Um, 
but that's what you need. You need passion. If you don't have passion, it's going to be very hard for you to want to sit down and face the challenges that jazz brings to the table. Uh, it's not the easiest music to play. Um, it's uh, harmonically complex. Um, it takes a certain level of virtuosity at times to play um, as an improviser. So it's it's a kind of music, it really demands your attention. It really demands that you work hard at it um, to become better. You know, nothing comes easily. So it's the, it's something that you need to have passion for. If you don't have passion, that's kind of, you're not going to get very far. You're going to just kind of move forward slowly and then realize it's a little too challenging and then, you know. So so if you're the kind of person that's like, yeah, I'd like to play a little bit of jazz. I'd like to, you know, get into it. That's totally great. That's totally fine. And you play other styles and, and that's great and you should play other styles. That's it's amazing. But if you're kind of just sort of like wanting to half-ass it a little bit, Ah, you know, you're only going to get so far. You're really only going to get so far. And that's the that's the problem with jazz. It kind of demands a lot out of you. It kind of basically is a little greedy. It wants your attention because if you want to become a good jazz player, you know, you have to be dedicated to it. You have to have passion. So the first one is really simple. Uh, not anything groundbreaking, not anything like you probably haven't heard before uh, about anything in life, but it's just you got to have passion for playing jazz. It's not the most popular thing in the world. Uh, It's not um, the easiest thing to do in the world, not the easiest kind of music to play. Um, So you have to have passion. And if you don't have passion, you're kind of just going to peter out eventually. It's not going to last very long. So that's the first ingredient to becoming a better jazz musician. Just simply have passion. And in the next several uh, ingredients I'm going to talk about, go a little bit more into what I would say is you know, really going to drive you for it. But to start, passion is super important. Right, so the second ingredient for becoming a better jazz musician is one that I really think is important um, for all serious jazz musicians to try to get, and that is to have a mentor. Um, and, and let me make a distinction really quick between you know a teacher and a mentor, because I really do think there's kind of a difference. You know, a teacher could just be, which everybody should have. Everybody should have a, a teacher for music or for jazz, whatever it is. Make sure you have a teacher, you're studying with somebody, but you know, a teacher could be just someone you, you know, you show up to the lesson, you hand them 50 bucks, 80 bucks, whatever it might be they're asking for. They teach you something new and they send you on your way and then they let their next student into the room and you know, they don't really necessarily have any interest in your future. They're just, you know, your your local teacher telling you what to do. Uh, And that's great. That's fine. Like I said, but um, the difference between a teacher and a mentor is a mentor is someone who really kind of takes you under his or her wing and kind of uh, shows you the future, where you need to go and and actually cares, you know, and that's not always easy to find. Um, but, but a mentor almost lets you be his or her disciple a little bit. You know, you can kind of follow behind them, go to their gigs. Um, you know, they, they, they check in with you. They're not just teaching you new material. They're actually showing you a path to go towards. And that's what a mentor is. And for me, having a mentor is it was a life-changing 
thing, a life-changing experience. Um, and I don't say that lightly. You know, you know, a lot of people say, oh, I went to the show and it was life-changing. Well, it could have been. It may or may or not been. I'm not sure. You know, I can't judge that. But but for me, this is for real. I, I, it was life-changing. And, and just to give you the quick story is when I was, I think it was my senior year. Of, yeah, it was my senior year of high school. Um, there was uh, an art school that was opening up in my town. I'm originally from Boise, Idaho. There's not a lot of, you know, there's there's some music going on over there. There's really not a lot of jazz. It's it's a small town. and um, But th- there was a teacher, and he had a small group of students that he was teaching, and that was kind of like the the jazz crowd that was like he was kind of fostering this community and he opened up this art school my my senior year so I got a scholarship to go to this art school I would go to my public school in the morning and go to this art school in the afternoon and during the day I would do jazz combos and I would practice for a couple hours and my teacher would come in and help me and show me what to do we would have master classes we even had a jam session at a local coffee shop in the middle of the week I mean it, it was amazing you know I, and I I'm completely feel blessed and lucky to have had that experience um, but he was really my mentor and what happened is at the end of that senior year of high school I didn't really have quite enough money to go to the schools I wanted to go to. I had applied to um, and, and made it into a bunch of you know the the music institutions, but at the end of the day, you know, even a half scholarship wasn't going to cut it for me. I couldn't afford it, and I and I didn't really know what to do. And I was telling my teacher this, and then one day he just comes into my practice room, and he said to me, "Hey, Brent, I have an idea." How about you just take the whole year off, save up money teaching lessons and doing some gigs for school, and you just study with me for the whole year. I'll set up a program for you. You come check in with me every week. You play this gig every week. You go to this jam session every week, and I'll tell you what to do, and we'll 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 get you uh, a better scholarship. We'll you know we'll get you into school, and that's what I did for a whole year. I literally practiced five or six hours a day. I checked in with him every single week to make sure I got everything done he needed, and that was a real mentorship, and that changed my life. Um, now I completely understand that not everybody is going to be able to find a mentor like that, um, and that's okay. But what I want you to do is try to make a goal of finding someone in the town or city you live in that you really admire and start by just taking some lessons and then, you know, try to get to know them and go to their gigs and just show up and be present and, you know, try to foster a relationship and because if you can get a mentor, it's so valuable. I mean, at least have a teacher, but if you can get someone to actually care about your future and lead you in the right direction, even better, even better. So try to make this relationship um, and and try to just be involved, like just be a fan of, of whoever you like. If you, if you like someone's music in your city or town, just try to be around and try to be involved and try to you know, go to jam sessions that they're at, go to their gigs and, and take lessons from them. Um, and you can find a lot of value if, if, if they actually start taking you under their wing a little bit and saying, hey, do this, do that, you know, let me help you with this. 
that can be really important. You know, and I understand it's not easy for everybody. Some people come from a town that doesn't have a lot of musicians around, and that's okay. You know, I'm a little spoiled. I live in New York City. Um, I have a lot of jazz teachers that I can go to. Um, but but don't don't let that don't let your situation govern uh, your chances of having a mentorship experience. Just find someone that you like to listen to, that you like their music, that you respect them in your living situation, and try to befriend them. Try to uh, enter into a teacher-student relationship with them. It can be very important. So, the second ingredient, make an effort to have a mentor. Right, the third ingredient uh, for becoming a better jazz musician is another really important one, I think, that is essential to the life of a jazz musician, and that's be a part of a community. Be a part of a jazz community. Um, just think about you know the friends that you have. Um, you're friends with them because you have something in common with them. That's just how life works. We associate ourselves with people that have some liked interests, some uh, same interests as we do. Um, and and that's the same with with jazz. I mean, you have to have a group of people that you go and play with, that you can talk jazz with. Um, having community is essential to any aspect, any element to our life, and it goes for the same for jazz. You have to have a community. So how do you get a part of a jazz community? Well, you just go to where the jazz musicians are. That's at gigs. That's at jam sessions. So if you're if you're basically right now starting at square one, you you love playing jazz, you love listening to jazz, and you're really trying to get into the scene. Well, you got to go find the scene. Go find where the musicians are at. So if there's a local jam session in your city, that's where you should be showing up. Show up those jam sessions. Make connections with people there. Uh, try to make friends. <laughs> that's obviously an important thing, uh, being part of a community. And go to people's gigs, kind of the same as I said, go to a mentor's gig. Well, go to other people's gigs that you know and and you know maybe peers and, and just go check out the scene. Be a part of the scene. Um, so having a jazz community is super important, just being present. Um, for some, everybody's in a different walk of life. You know, you might be a student going to college or you're in high school. Um, we have a lot of different uh, age levels and skill levels that listen to this podcast that use Learn Jazz Standards. So I, I can't be sure of who you are, but if you're a student, well, I mean, college and high school is a easy place to make friends. It's an easy place to find like-minded people that play music that might like jazz. So that's, you should foster those relationships in that environment. I know going to college for jazz, um, I made a lot of jazz friends. I mean, most of my friends now are, are jazz musicians. So foster those relationships and always be playing with them, play with them. Now, if you're in a different situation altogether, maybe you're a little bit older and um, you know you're a hobbyist, and maybe you work another job, um, which is you know pretty normal. <laughs> then 
you know, go out and try to find that scene, go out to that jam session, go out to those gigs and try to foster that community and make yourself a part of it. I did have a lesson with a student, a Skype lesson. Um, and I remember the guy telling me that he just had a problem finding the scene in his town because there really wasn't much of a scene at all. He was kind of alone out there. And what I would say to that is if you can't find a community where you're at, try to make the community. There's always somebody who's going to want to play music with you, who's going to want to play jazz. Just find a, try to find one other person, um, which was a big valuable thing for me is just you know having friends around and being like, hey, do you want to go jam some tunes right now? Okay, and we go play for a couple hours together. And I would do that with multiple different people, multiple different kinds of instruments. Um, it, it's incredibly helpful. I mean, just playing is 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 a great way to learn. I mean, you can't just sit in your practice room all the time. So you need to get out and play. So just try to find one other person, maybe two other people. Maybe start your own jam session and just see if you can get some people to show up. Um, you can make an effort to be the community. If you can't find the community, make the community in your town or your city. Um, so being a part of a jazz community is super important because you need to play. You need to be always playing with other musicians. That's the spirit of this music. And you need to be networking with other musicians. Um, that's just, I mean, I, I don't know what to say, guys. That's just the most important thing is just playing with other musicians. And that's the kind of music this music is. It's a social music. So go out and be a part of a jazz community. If you can't find the community, uh, make the community yourself. Um, and, and that's incredibly important. And that kind of leads me in to our next and our last ingredient. last ingredient it kind of tags off of this idea of of being a part of a jazz community of fostering that community and playing a lot with other musicians and that is that you need to play gigs um, I think playing gigs is is definitely the best way to improve because it kind of puts everything you've practiced in the practice room and it it puts you know you know just even jam sessions with other people into a different context it puts us into this place where you're actually doing a job and you're playing for other people and you're hired for a purpose and it puts some applied pressure on you whether it's a background gig uh gig or you're actually playing um a feature show for people it puts you in a totally different place in your musicianship where you're going to be forced to try to play your best and forget everything that you've been working on in the practice room and just play. So that's incredibly important as a developing jazz musician. Um, it doesn't matter if you want to play professionally or if you just want to play casually. You need to find gigs to play. And that kind of starts with being a part of that community, making some connections, and then going out and playing gigs, whether you found the gig yourself, uh, whether someone else in your jazz community has the gig and they hired you on to play. It doesn't really matter. It's just that you need to make an effort to be playing gigs. It's so important. 
um, and and just being able to play a lot. You know, I I had you know my, my favorite gigs actually are background music gigs um, because they're the gigs that I get to practice a lot on. Um, I remember having a gig with with another guitar player. I'm a guitar player, and I had actually a gig with another guitar player. So I was just playing duo, and we played for five months at this one little restaurant um, in Midtown, New York. And we would play t- actually twice a week, and and we would play for three hours, um, so six hours a week, and we would just play a bunch of tunes. And sometimes we would say, "Hey." let's try to have this song learned for next time or this song learned for next time. We'd show up the next week and we'd have some more songs to work on in Shed. Um, and, and it's fine because it's kind of a low pressure thing. You know, people aren't judging you. <laughs> Not that they are anyways, but they're just eating their dinner. And, and, and those are great gigs. I mean, I've learned so much from gigs like that. Um, I currently have a brunch gig every Saturday that I play with a bass player. We've been doing it for about two and a half years now. And it's kind of the same thing. Sometimes we bring in some original tunes that we want to play together and, you know, test out our stuff. And a lot of it is just playing jazz standards and just getting the luxury of just practicing those, but also getting paid for it. So it's, you know, it's a great thing to have. You need to have gigs. I mean, it's almost kind of like one of those no brainer things. Like, of course, you need to play live. Of course, you need to play gigs. I mean, a lot of people get excited, not even just about jazz, about music in general, is the prospect of actually playing in front of people, playing in front of an audience. So having gigs is incredibly important to developing your musicianship. It's the best practice you can probably do is is just put what you've learned into actual action. And so I, I encourage you, if you don't have any gigs right now, um, you know, first of all, get a part, get involved in the community, your jazz community, or create your jazz community, and then go either find gigs or make relationships with people that do have gigs, um, so that you can can play. And again, if there <laughs> if there's no gigs in your town, make a gig. You know, you can you can make something happen. Um, make sure you're getting paid for it. I you know I have this article on the blog on Learn Jazz Standards. Um, uh, what is it called? Three reasons why you should stop playing gigs for free. Um, and that's something I strongly believe in. Uh, that's a totally different conversation for another time. But make sure you're getting paid something. I, it's important to the musical economy that you're getting paid. Um, and it also makes a difference. You know, if you're just playing a gig for free, you might as well just be doing a jam session. So, you know, make sure you're getting paid for your gig, but make sure you're playing gigs. So I would say the fourth ingredient for becoming a better jazz musician is to play gigs. So to sum it up, all the ingredients, you got to have passion. You got to have passion for playing jazz. It's not popular. It's not easy. So you just got to love it. Be a jazz geek. Let yourself be a jazz geek. Um, Find a mentor. Having a mentor is incredibly important. They're going to lead you in the right direction. They're actually going to care about your music and you're going to get so much out of it. So try to find that relationship. Um, Be a part of your jazz community was the third ingredient. Just find the people that love jazz, make friends with them, go to the jam sessions, go to their gigs, just be a part of the community. And if you don't have that community in your town, try to create it. And then lastly, play gigs. You got to put your practicing into action. You got to play the music and that's how, that's what's going to drive you forward is playing these gigs. So these are four ingredients for becoming a better jazz musician.
show today i want to thank you so much for joining us thanks for listening uh we really appreciate it and if you're on the website right now and you have anything else to add leave a comment in our comment section below um we you know these are just my experiences these are the things that i find have been really helpful in my jazz journey thus far but i you know this is a community i want to hear from you what helps you become a better jazz musician? What has been important for you in your jazz journey? So feel free to leave us a comment below. And again, all the music today was by Camden Hughes, his album Introspective. Go to camdenhughes.com slash store if you want to check out his music. And remember, if you got some value out of today's show, consider adding value back. Leave us a donation, a one-time or monthly donation. Click the support button below if you are on the website. Or if you're not on the website, go to learnjazzstandards.com slash support and help us continue to produce this show. All right, so we're going to be coming out with episode number 12 next week, and we'll see you then. Hey, podcast listener, would you like to ask me a jazz question and get it answered here on the show? Then go to learnjazzstandards.com forward slash ask. That's learnjazzstandards.com forward slash ask. I look forward to hearing your question and answering it on a future podcast episode. Learnjazzstandards.com forward slash ask or find the link in today's show notes.